0: A calm, beautiful podcast. We speak the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Oh, um, um. uh, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Studsman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 24, season 2. It is April 7th, the Wednesday Hump Day. And Luke, before we get started into the topics, I personally want to give a shout out to Mr. Cooper, a colleague of mine at NVIDIA, who about an hour and a half ago, him and his wife welcomed their first baby to the family.
2: Very nice. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, and and uh, one of the comments was funny. He was like, you know, we've already signed our discharge paperwork, and it was less paperwork to receive and take this baby than registering your vehicle at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. And let's see here. Uh, we discussed, so this week... Uh, We've kind of been putting together some plans for what we want to try to accomplish uh, for our 25th high school reunion there in Seward, Nebraska. And we'll discuss more of the details on Saturday when we've got the mayor of Seward as our special guest. That's right. Looking forward to having Mayor Josh on Ike
2: Meyer, the the pod, the Ike, Mayor Ike of Seward, Nebraska, on the pod on Saturday, the long-awaited debut of the mayor. Very yes. exciting. And I'm excited to maybe get, uh, I, I saw on our Class of 96 Facebook page that you started a poll, Yeah, uh, and I, I, I really appreciated the way you uh, phrased the question, not are you interested in attending, but... Do you plan on being vaccinated by yes, the third?
1: Yes. Now I yes, am excited. I, I, I can tell you the, that the conversation's answers. been pretty relevant in my house about, okay, mm-hmm. so we have followed everything from day one. And mm-hmm. now we want to kind of help put together a, you know, an event where people mm-hmm. will be gathering, will be drinking, you know, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what, to that point and just for protection of everybody in attendance, who's going to be vaccinated by then? You know, absolutely.
2: So, absolutely. You know, it looks like it's idea. turning out that it will be a, an. Out-
1: um, And, you know, it's a big. for some distancing
2: because we did have President Biden on TV yesterday again uh, reminding everybody that, you know, uh, but the goal is for gatherings by the 4th of July, but you're still going to have to be cautious. It's not yes. just, you know, the floodgates are open and let's go. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's still going to take uh, some responsibility, some cautious responsibility in order for us to get all the way through right. this. Right. And so. it sounded
1: like based on everything I've heard, there are people that want to attend that will be obviously inoculated. They'll have the mm-hmm. vaccine by then. Yep. So the question came, well, who's doing what? Right. And mm-hmm. with a lot of us not in contact with those that would typically be responsible and in charge for mm-hmm. planning such an event, I made a few phone calls. We've got the location kind of handpicked. We've got the food figured out and who's doing that. So my question came to be is if we do this, we want to do it safe. That's you know. Trend. We we want people to be, you know, inoculated by then that are going to plan to participate. And so it just made sense to put together a poll and just, you know, kind of gauge those that plan on attending. Will you be inoculated by then? Which you know yep. kind of helps us because it was also suggested that maybe we push it out, you know, and all that stuff. So we'll kind of gauge it. But uh, we've we've got the location. It's it's mm-hmm. it's big. It's Mm -hmm. more than enough to, you know, cater to our group. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we just want people to be responsible, to be safe. Um, I've reached out uh, to some folks, uh, you know, alcohol, food. That's all kind of would be taken care of if we decide to finalize the agreement, sign it. Mm -hmm. And, hey, this is what we're doing. This is when it's going to happen. Here's the food provided. So that's the easy part, right? Right. Few, few right. Phone calls. I had that all figured out. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the hard part, the, you know, the responsible part is, you know, I personally, if there's going to be a bunch of people not, you know, had their vaccine yet, I don't know if I want to attend.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be important. And I think it's going to be important for uh, the the entire Seward 4th of July celebration period, Right. uh, right, for people to really be responsible in you know, the moment and I don't want to get into, well, right now anyway, I don't want to get into the politics of the vaccine passport and having to prove it. I'm, I'm fine right. taking people's word on it, sure. but I also expect people to be responsible and, you know, do what is right. Not just for themselves, but for the the, the community at large, and right. it was it was great to have you know we had Jessica on uh, uh, Jessica Coulterman on a while back saying that the Fourth of July Committee is working uh, with the United uh, University of Nebraska Medical Center to make sure that the appropriate medical protocols uh, safety protocols will be followed. Yes. So you know we just have to we just have to remember that uh, you know. W- we all desperately want to get together and see each other and have time together, but we, we've, and we're going to be able to do that if we're all responsible and safe about it.
1: Right. Right. And I talked with Josh on Monday, right? So figuring out facilities, locations, where we could have this. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first Mm -hmm. thought was the country club, like five years ago, Uh, Mm -hmm. that is not going to be the location. Um, because they've got other events already scheduled that day. So we've got another event that uh, Josh uh, is working with me on, on solidifying the deposits and uh, the agreements and everything. So he's working on that and we'll have that all shaped up and everything, but we may not pull the trigger if, if we're figuring out that the majority of our class is not going to be vaccinated or, Um, You know, so far the numbers look really, really good. And again, like you said, we're taking people's word. You know, there's not going to be security at the door. uh, Check in documents. Uh, But you know, we all want to get together. Everybody's wanting to do this. You know, let's Mm -hmm. just be smart about it. Hey, also speaking
2: of the summer, I I want to uh, quickly uh, congratulate the uh, great state of Colorado. And your governor, Governor Bullis, who went straight to social media and said, hey, Major League Baseball, why don't you play the all-star
1: game here? And
2: there it is. There it is. We've been chosen.
1: Coors Field is about an hour and three minutes from my house. I know the whole state's excited. And uh, Coors Field is a beautiful uh, location for this event Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whether. You agree with the politics behind it or not? That doesn't matter. Colorado, Denver will be hosting this year's All Star Game.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I read somewhere it hasn't been there since I think like '98 or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, '96 so, or '98.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over
2: overdue, overdue for an All Star game there sure. in the great state of Colorado, and uh, you know, with it being the Mile High City, I hear the uh, home run, home run derby might be. Quite might, might break some records
1: this year. Oh, quite possibly. And, you know, and also, also understand uh, Mile High was called Mile High before marijuana was legalized. And <laughs> I've been reading that the dispensaries, you know, that do, you know, there's locations here in Colorado that, you know, do sell retail. You don't have to have a medical card. You have uh-huh, to be 21, sure. yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. They've already got all kinds of shit planned, marketing and uh, distribution and delivery services they're setting up to really, you know, take the name for what it is, Mile High. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, Colorado has really uh, been the leader in these, uh, you know, uh, these these cannabis tours, if you will. So, you know, like you go. You can go to like a winery and do like a wine tasting or something like that. These tours, you get on a bus and they drive you around to different cannabis facilities and you get to sample the product at each facility, Uh, you know, so I, I... I, uh, I, I have, a, my, my other half is quite uh, excited to uh, come out and try one of those out one of these times. So right, I, right. I, may, I may work in the industry, but I am not a big partaker of uh, my product. Right. Uh, my other half, on the other hand uh is quite a fan uh (laughs) you know major mostly for the medicinal reasons of course and uh we've talked about uh yeah we've talked about these tours out in Colorado uh quite a bit so
1: yes we'll have to get out there and check one of those out soon absolutely now for today's music I have chosen Jack Harlow, Mm -hmm. Big Sean, Way Mm -hmm. Out, Mm -hmm. here we go Mm mm-hmm
0: Damn, shit is the I can tell who's on the well 25 shows, check the pal. I ain't going home, I'ma stay out. Motherfuckers hate you when they looking for a well I just sit back and let it play out. It play now. Eh, she gon' let me hit it any day now. What you gonna say now? am my ex-girl got a bait now. But she still let me stay no Got a Dallas age a H Town boo. Got a bad on Cape Town too. Ooh, 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 ooh. Whole gang steakhouse food. Get the check, I ain't checkin' what it came out to. I tell promoters, I don't talk about the money, you know. Who they hand the envelope to? Big giant got the cash and he been a go-to. Heard a be told Nikki put it in the pro tools. Got a fountain on the chain and it's indigo go blue. Might fuck around and get a go to I'm a restaurant, go I never been a whole food. She to listen to the
1: Now look, something I did this morning was I did trying to anticipate what all-star tickets typically go for Mm -hmm. and typically the average ticket over the last several years prior to last year averaged around 200 220 dollars a ticket Mm -hmm. um last year because there was limited capacity right they were they averaged almost 850 dollars so i'm not Mm -hmm. sure exactly what the capacity will be. That's something I have not read about. I know it's still being discussed is what capacity will the allow people to attend the all-star game.
2: Um, Well, and I, and I, I wonder because, you know, it's something that I I had had mentioned to you in, in topics and not to jump the gun, but it seems uh, applicable here. You know, I've, I've said many times over the course of the pandemic that you know, Florida uh, will kill us all. Uh, well, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, Texas said, hold my beer, and went ahead and had the first full capacity sporting event at uh, the Rangers home yeah. opener. Uh, and it was a sellout, so close to 40,000 people yep. in attendance, packed in shoulder to shoulder, You know, there some had masks, many did not, because again, the rule applies: if you're eating or drinking, which often people are at baseball games, you don't have to have a mask on. And it just looked, uh, with with cases, uh, once again, spiking around the country. Yeah, it it looked like a recipe for disaster. So it would be my my thought that perhaps Coors Coors Field doesn't go full capacity right um but a a safe a safe capacity to maybe help make tickets a little bit more reasonable than that uh 800 to a 1000 dollar mark that we hit last year
1: right and speaking of the the full capacity uh they were talking with uh An- Anthony Fauci last night and mm-hmm. just livid mm-hmm livid about the stupidity of doing such such an event when you know it's just not Michigan people everybody's saying well Michigan's you know the epicenter right now which they Mm -hmm. are but the variants that are down in Texas right now we're gonna see in Mm -hmm. two to three weeks what that event has done but then also what everybody is most worried about is that there are people from all over the country that attended that event, not just yes. down, not just Texas. Correct. Sure. Sure. And, sure. You know, there's people that I know um, that live in Nebraska that have season tickets to a college station to watch Texas mm-hmm. games because their kids went there, you know? Oh, sure. And, and so it's kind of that as well. We go to this game, but you know, I'm from California. I'm from Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm from New York. I'm from Nebraska. And mm-hmm. is that going to, really spike you know Anthony fauci stopped short of saying that we're in a fourth wave right. But with, right with the uptick we're we're definitely you know I would say we're probably less than a week away from them calling it a fourth wave and we're gonna see businesses yeah. shutting down again we're gonna see hospitalizations going up death's going up yeah. you yeah. know we're we're in a race right now to get everybody vaccinated. And Mm -hmm. the vaccinations there, um, I would say that we could do a better job on the scheduling, uh, at least here in Colorado. Sure. You know, you you go to the different locations that are available and you click a time that's available and then it says up that's been taken that's been taken it'll show all these available times and everything's taken so. You know, I think we'll get better at that. But, you know, it's just a race right now to getting people vaccinated versus the spread of the variants.
2: Yeah. You know, and here in California, we had our first county yesterday, Riverside County, uh, open up the vaccine to 16 plus. Uh, We here in Los Angeles County are are about a week or so out from that. And Governor Newsom announced yesterday, uh, right in tandem with uh, uh, President Biden's announcement that by the 19th, uh, you know, all of California will have accessibility to for 16 plus. But they both emphasize that that means that you will be able to get in line to get your vaccine. So how long it will take people uh, to actually get those shots in their arms is, you know, another question. But I do know that uh, we've had a, 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 a quite a quite a good rollout of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which sure. obviously is 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 great because that's just a one one and done shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing that we are up against right now is that um, another thing that uh, President Biden mentioned yesterday is that we still have a, a fairly sizable chunk of senior citizens that have still not gotten vaccinated. Right. And and he, of course, is pleading with those people to get vaccinated before, you know, the the, the whole point of of rolling out the vaccine and the way it was rolled out is so that the most vulnerable parts of our population could make sure to get those vaccines before you know the market gets flooded with everybody else who's wanting to get the vaccine so if you if you know a senior in your life that has not gotten the vaccine yet please take a moment to reach out to that to that person and uh you know, get the vaccine, you know, encourage them to get the vaccine if you can to help them, you know, get scheduled, help them even get to the facility if you need to. it's just so important that we get our most vulnerable members of society uh, inoculated here in the next couple of weeks before, uh, you know, we start rolling it out to everybody else.
1: Right, right. And I got my first Pfizer dose I'm getting tomorrow and i've been having a hell of a time getting any times for for my daughter so i'm gonna keep trying to plug away on that but i'm excited to get my first dose and what's nice is they schedule not just your first one but your second one as well and yes my second one is like may 6th or something and now i'm just working on getting getting my daughter scheduled fantastic fantastic
2: and then uh Fauci did uh, say the other day that he is fairly um, actually it wasn't uh, Fauci, it was our uh, Surgeon General uh, um, Vivek Murtha who said that he does expect by late summer early fall so right around the beginning of the school year that we will be able to start getting shots in arms of kids as young as 12 years old so yes that would certainly help us get our middle schoolers and high schoolers back to in-person learning so and we'll get into more of the fourth of
1: july festivities with uh mr Ike Josh Eichmeyer on Saturday again mayor of, of Seward Nebraska I've had mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some some conversations with him this week that will move over to to on air and and ask him the same questions about distancing and and you know practices to keep everybody safe you know the big question mm-hmm. is not if they're going to do it the big question is are they going to have 5000 people or 50000 people right Right. That's that's exactly. that's their biggest unknown. And you know, well, so- and I
2: just think about all of the events that typically you know happen around the fourth. And I mean the first thing that springs to mind is the big uh the big craft fair that happens around the town town square, uh downtown every morning, every fourth of July morning. Uh that and then of course the festivities that happen at the band shell and traditionally people are just packed in there, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be uh, interesting to hear from Josh, uh, you know, what the plans are for that, because uh, we still have to be responsible in our behavior uh, even post vaccination. And again, that is not just it's not just for you. And uh, that's what I wanted to to you know not to keep harping on this baseball game back in you know in Arlington in Texas. But if you go to one of these events and you are not vaccinated or we are still, you know, it's looking like if you're vaccinated, you're far less likely to be able to spread the disease, but there's still a small possibility that you could spread the disease. Right. Regardless, if you go to one of these events, one of these super spreader events and you're packed in, and you catch something and you get on a plane and you take it back to wherever you're from and you may be you may be okay you may not get sick you may just get a mild case but you don't know who you've given it to right and you might give it to somebody who has a pre-existing condition or you might give it to somebody who is elderly and then that person ends up on an air ventilator or worse you know right. and that's what this is all about and that's why every time i post about the shot on you know Facebook or social media, it's always about. This isn't just about you, you mm-hmm. know. Even if you want to be macho and say I don't need this, you know I'm I whatever I don't need no that. It's not about you. It's about the people that you come in contact with, whether you think you come in contact with those people or not. You do, mm-hmm. and it, it is. It's the same reason why you know we don't drive drunk. You know, it's the same reason why we do any number of things, because it's just safe for those around you. You may not care about your personal safety. That's sure. I suppose that's your civil liberty to not care about your personal safety. But it is not your right to put others around you in danger. And that is the message that folks have to get into their head when it comes to getting this vaccine.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. So we'll, you know, numbers are spiking the variants, you know, the, you know, the worry about the variants is they spread very easy. So mm-hmm. we'll see over these next few weeks, you know, but there's three to 4 million people getting inoculated every day now, which is just mm-hmm. phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. would have been happy under the Trump administration with a million. And here we're at, mm-hmm. you know, three to 4 million every day. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about the summer, the fall, you know, kids getting back to school, you know, doing it safely. And, Mm -hmm. but there's so many unknowns, right? We don't know how Mm -hmm. long, you know, we're, we're, we're in a race to get everybody inoculated, but yet we don't know exactly how long they last. Is Mm -hmm. it going to be something that we got to get every six months, every year, Right. right? Um, right. That we don't know, but w- what we do know is how good they are against the virus, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. details posted, you know. With the what was it, twelve to twelve to fifteen year olds, mm-hmm. they're a hundred percent. And I mean, you, I mean, that's just phenomenal, right there. So I mean, yep. everybody get get inoculated, get scheduled, get in line. And, you know, we'll get back to, you know, normalcy, hopefully, sooner rather than later, obviously. But again, you know, is this going to be something where we're all inoculated, and and we're good, but now six months, we continue to start spreading the virus again, that we don't know. Right, Right. exactly. And, you know, we we keep getting more good
2: news out of the ongoing clinical trials. We're now seeing that uh, pregnant mothers are able to pass the antibodies on to their fetus in utero, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is becoming more and more clear that it is safe for uh, women who are trying uh, to become to become pregnant, and we're also seeing uh, the tests uh, beginning on uh, children as young as I believe six months old. So, oh, very hopefully. Nice hopefully you know we'll start seeing some really fantastic numbers out of out of that population as well um but right by the time we get that those results bobby is it going to be a situation where we have to start all over again and start uh, getting everybody vaccinated once again? Right. But in that light, we have a new vaccine that the trials are looking very positive for. Uh, this one is more similar to the, the flu virus in the fact that it is made uh, one of the primary ingredients is uh, chicken eggs. So, oh. uh, and they, then uh, that, Uh, is a much less expensive uh, vaccine to create, and that could mean, uh, you know, of course, you know, more availability for us here in America, but most importantly, uh, more availability for developing countries around the world, because remember- Even if we get all of the United States vaccinated and we hit that magical 70%, we still live in a global economy. We still live in a world where people travel, look at how this spread, you know, look at how this spread to begin with. So Mm -hmm. it behooves us to make sure the entire world is vaccinated, not just here in the United States. You know, this is not uh, an America first Moment, uh, this is a time where we are going to need uh, to to step up and be leaders on the world stage to help help the the world population get vaccinated um, in order to keep us safe here
1: at home. So, absolutely, I want to get into some tech. Uh, talk about world leaders. One of the biggest cases of these last ten years. Has been the case of Oracle versus Google, right? Mm-hmm. So to help yeah. our listeners understand. Google Please. and me, Bobby, help yeah. me understand. Google <laughs> Google owns the Android operating system, which is the most used operating system around the globe. Billions mm. of devices, billions of smartphones, tablets, TVs, you know. There's, there's all kinds of devices for commercial use that use Android. And so it's the you know, most widely used operating system in, in, in the global space. Well, mm-hmm. Oracle, right? So Android was built off of some code, about 10,000 lines of code from Oracle, from Oracle's Java platform. And what had happened was Oracle made Java, you know, I would, you know, it's, it's considered open source, which means anybody can use it, you you can take all of it, you can take some of it, you know, whatever, but they had listed, which was Oracle's point, they had specific use cases that it couldn't be used for, and if you did use it, you would it would require some type of licensing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. what Google did was they basically snagged 10,000 lines of code from Oracle, built the Android operating system. Now, at the time, Apple was the big dog. Apple was the only mm-hmm. dog, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Palm trios of the world and all these other smartphones mm-hmm. went to the wayside. The Blackberries eventually once uh apple and um you know came out with the iphone well mm-hmm. when google first launched you know and their operating system android it was nothing nobody gave a shit. it's it, um you know the use cases were very small nobody you know batted an eye well then they improved it right Then there was an app Mm -hmm. store. Then you could integrate this and you could change that. The customizations for Android are off the chain. There's really nothing that it can't do or you can't control. And then all of a sudden, 10 years ago, Oracle says, well, there's billions of devices now running our code. Therefore, we need to get paid for it. Well, at the end of the day, 10 years later, the Supreme Court just... Uh resided over the case and in favor, six to two vote in favor of Google, that they did not have to pay Oracle the six billion dollars that they were being sued for. And understand the six billion was for back pay. And then they also wanted a recurring licensing agreement for everything going forward. And you know, with that said, at the heart of, of the issue was API. Yeah, yeah. So, and- yeah, so API, so basically what, what Oracle was saying was that they developed the whole API capability. So, therefore, they needed to get paid. In, Google was just one of many companies that they're suing, right, when, mm-hmm. when it comes to APIs, because there's other brands that have utilized Java as well in their code. And they're saying, well, we know it was open source, but we didn't give you permission. So Oracle's, you know, had a bad, a bad leg to stand on in these cases. But the fact that this is now dragged on for a decade, Google won favor there. And so now what, you know, SCOTUS did not take up our APIs, you know, are they registered? You know, do people own them? type type stuff you know just think of the industry you're in luke look at mm-hmm. all the pos systems delivery systems back end monitoring inventory mm-hmm. management they're mm-hmm. all integrated via apis and essentially mm-hmm. what oracle was saying was any api that's out there the whole notion of an api mm-hmm. we need to get paid for some way shape mm. or form but, you know, the SCOTUS said, well, if you build a rocking chair, it's not like you got to pay everybody who's ever built a rocking chair a royalty on your rocking chair. But mm-hmm. they wouldn't go as far as, you know, they didn't take the issue up with, with the APIs. They simply said, Google, use some of the code. Yes, we understand that. But it was for the better betterment of the industry, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, that case is kind of kicked out. Now, does Oracle come Mm -hmm. back and counter? I mean, we'll see. But the API question is still pending. And I can tell you what the industry wants, what the engineers want, is for APIs not to be registered to Oracle. Or else you're going to look at every software developer, every cloud provider, any, any platform that's in the cloud is via, you know, integrated via APIs in some way, shape, or form. So I don't think the Supreme court was ready to take that on. I don't think they have the know-how. I don't think they had the experts lined up to Mm -hmm. to answer Mm -hmm. that question. So they think the next step, the industry thinks the next step will be Oracle coming back, suing not just Google, but a lot of players, AWS, Microsoft. I mean, a ton of people, but then Oracle has got to also realize that they're integrated with a lot of those platforms themselves. So if mm-hmm. they do this, they could shoot themselves in the foot and be shut off from the entire industry which could bankrupt the company. So they've got to decide right. what's better for their future, suing and taking on that to the Supreme Court or just kind of letting this go and 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 see where, you know, see what happens. But that that was the huge news. Everybody was waiting on that for SCOTUS to decide. You know, Google got off from paying six billion, eight billion dollars. Then the other big news this week was obviously you've got your 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 iPhones. You've got your Samsung smartphones. Another brand that had about ten percent market share was LG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they decided to fuck the smartphone business. Over the mm-hmm. last ten, I think ten years, they've lost about four and a half billion dollars and they're going to stick to what they do best with the refrigerators and TVs and the appliances and you yeah. know, that stuff, yeah. and the, you know, AI integration into those items. And they're completely, they've completely dropped their smartphone business, which was, you know, a shock. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now, you know, a question quickly
2: before we move on from APIs. So yeah. you know, some, so basically APIs are, are, are code, right? Code right. that integrate different systems together. And so basically the question that was punted is that if you write an API, do you have copyright ownership of said API or can anybody just grab that API and use it as they see fit? Is, is, am I understanding that
1: right? Well, there's there's open APIs, you know, that they have open where if if they're open, so say we created this platform and we have open APIs, then somebody that wants to integrate with us can can do that. You know, they mm-hmm. would create the code to make the integration happen. We're basically, you know, opening the door, and then the public, you know, the you know, the business. You know, the business side decides who wants to kind of attach or walk through the door with us. And then you have closed APIs where if you want to connect and integrate with us, there's fees there. I mean, they make a ton of money. Some of these companies have enclosed closed APIs, but just the whole API concept, Oracle feels they developed it. They should get paid for it. Although the huh. Java platform that made APIs possible is open source. Got so it. you can't have, you know, you know, be like Microsoft saying, Hey, here's the Microsoft operating system. That's completely open source. And then 10 years later, there's 6 billion people using it. Oh, now we want to get paid. It doesn't Got work it. that way. It doesn't right. work that way. Right now. I don't know exactly what use cases Right. So I've read mm-hmm. terms and services on some of the Java documents, but I don't know e- explicitly what J- Oracle is claiming that Google violated as far as the use case. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because the operating system, anybody can develop on the operating, the Android operating system. Money's not being made off the Android operating system. The money's being made off the apps and, you know, the app store fees and the royalties and the continuing payments from Mm. the app store itself. So I'm not sure Mm -hmm. exactly from an operating perspective, the the OS itself, what Oracle is claiming they they need money because Samsung, right, they have their own R&D department. They create a smartphone. They've got costs. You got to, you know, the hardware, the, you know, the chipset everything with Mm -hmm. that samsung covers that and now to come back and say well because samsung sells android smartphones and develops their own apks and and everything for android now samsung owes us money for that or google Mm -hmm. owes us money it it doesn't make sense why Mm -hmm. this lasted so long but the fact that scotus has sided with google on this kind of opens up you know you know you know, the thinking that, well, APIs are, are not going to be tied to Oracle. People aren't going to have to pay Oracle royalties. But stopping short of that, the Supreme Court did not even comment on the whole registering uh, of APIs. So we'll see where it so, goes. But uh, Google could have been, you know, $6 billion, could have been paying Oracle 6000000000 billion. Mm-hmm. Now, so right, they punted the question of the
2: APIs, but but for some reason, uh, Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas, uh, in his dissent, decided to throw this little nugget in there. I'm not quite sure how it relates to the specific case we were just talking about. But uh-huh. uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, in his dissent, suggested that social media companies may not have First Amendment rights to regulate speech on their platforms, mm-hmm. um, comparing them uh, to, as our, uh, 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 saying they are nothing more than common carriers in places of public accommodation, basically tipping his hat that, uh, that um, you know, the whole uh, Trump case, which was also thrown out. Uh, about him trying to sue to get back on at uh, back on uh, Twitter, uh, that perhaps that Twitter did not have the right to kick him off. But,
1: but my understanding they that right. Yeah, they do, <laughs> like... though, because terms in service. State that very right. fact. Right. right, that these platforms right. can kick people off. As they see fit, basically giving themselves the power. Yeah. Now we're we're yeah, but where they get into a crossroads is they will not answer one way or the other about free speech, right? Mm -hmm, Well, mm -hmm. well, we're gonna get you know, we're gonna tag you know this tweet from Trump, but we're not gonna tag others, was always very inconsistent on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm.
1: the more ridiculous it got, the more Twitter took the leadership role and says this is not true um, you, you know or whatever. but for for Clarence Thomas to say that these platforms don't have the right is not true because they say so in their terms of service when you sign up for their platform. Mm-hmm. But in meanwhile, but now if they're being tagged as a media company, Right. There's going to be the, the push and the poll saying, well, we're going to allow this, but we're not going to allow that. We're going to allow right wing this, but we're not going to allow other groups to say this or act this way or whatever. That's where the platforms really need to get consistent. Right. And mm-hmm. there's going to be lawsuits. Right. So Trump's tried to sue Twitter umpteen times and has lost every case because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would save them as the terms of service. Hey, we don't need a reason. To kick you off, um, everything you post, all the content, all the media. See, this is what's funny. They they own all your content, and they say so in writing on the terms of service. All the media, mm-hmm. all the content, we own it. But yet, we're mm-hmm. not a media company,
2: right? And and Facebook is currently spending a large amount of money. On a on on a ca- campaign to to say that there needs to be more regulations of social media com- or social yeah social media companies, but arguing that they should not be tagged as media companies. Is that? Yeah, I understand yeah. that yeah. right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that basically when <laughs> someone goes on there and you know gets gets say white supremacists riled up and they go out and they do shit that Facebook's not going to be held accountable for that but yet they should right. be right right you're the but voice. yet on the other hand they're arguing that we
2: can regulate what you can and can't say on our platform
1: right but yet right. they're not right. a media company but yet in the Got terms it. of service everything is hmm. explicitly listed as media content videos mm-hmm chats mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the content everything that you have ever posted on Facebook you do not own they will mm-hmm. give you a copy you can download your digital footprint your digital mm-hmm. file mm-hmm. Um, but every you know understand that when you post a picture of your of your dog outside mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's mirrored to about six 12 15 different data centers around the world it's mm-hmm. you don't own that so right. even when you delete it Facebook, right. Facebook's got replicated copies of everything you've ever done. Right. That's why they say, kids,
2: book. if you post something online, it never really goes away, right? Like, right.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, people's like, well, it's my picture, it's my property. It's not. As soon as you post right. it on any public mm-hmm. platform, it's not yours anymore.
2: So this is also probably a good time to plead uh, our case to you folks. Please stop reposting the um, uh, what is the disclaimer? I do not give permission. Yada 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 for this or that. Like it, right. it that, that, that does that does nothing. Yeah. So just yeah, you yeah. just look
1: like you just look like an idiot because save your time. Cover, <laughs> yeah. When you know when people sign up or you know or even downloading the Facebook app. Right. It says mm-hmm, here's the terms of mm-hmm. service. Do you accept? Blah yada yada. They're not listing the 20 pages of the terms of service. They're just saying, Do you accept mm-hmm. it? Well, mm-hmm. you can't click next until you click the box and say yes. And now all of a sudden you've given them everything. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. what we've all always done in exchange for access to these platforms. Is we're giving up our our rights. We're mm-hmm. giving up the right to the content, our 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 digital data. Is you know, people were were shocked when they found out about Cambridge, you know, Analytica a few years ago. But it's mm-hmm. like, guys, they've been doing that for ten years now. It's nothing right. new. And right. then you know, uh, when it comes to marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook was smart and said, hey, when when you know when they first went public, their stock was shit. And then they figured out if they have basically this 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 autonomous a marketing engine that people could just integrate with quickly set up ad campaigns, choose their budget and, and, and post now and make it seamless stream, you know, streaming everywhere, depending on where you want to post it, you can get down to a zip code or a city or a state, you know, and really pinpoint who they're marketing to. I mean, Zuck Zuck has Sundays off and he's, he's, he's probably made 30 million that day you know it was very yeah. smart yeah but they're only mm-hmm. able to do that because of the data people give up in order to right. access the Facebook platform right right
2: it, it is just a, a, it it is an ongoing reminder folks that no matter how much you think you have cracked the code of privacy on your device mm-hmm. if you have a smartphone they, there are <sighs> there there's, I don't want to say there's no privacy, but it is virtually impossible to, vert, to, to, to opt out of everything. Right? right.
1: Even behind a VPN, you know, I've, I've read recently people saying, well, I've loaded such and such VPN on my phone. That's mm-hmm. good for, for, for browsing the internet, but mm-hmm. you got to think of, you know, when you're on the Facebook app, GPS is, is, mm-hmm. is pinpointing your location. You may show an IP address down in Austin, Texas, or New York or mm-hmm. or or Orange County, California, but the application is still generating geolocation data because of your GPS tracker and yeah. Google Apps and, and, and Apple Maps and mm-hmm. you know all the you know all that stuff. So you're you're hiding your browsing. You know, from your, basically your ISP from knowing where you're going, but the browser you're using is capturing all the sites you're going to. So whether it's Mm -hmm. Firefox or Chrome or whatever it is, and then plus Mm -hmm. the app loaded on your phone is, is, is capturing geolocation data 24 seven. So you're not hiding from anybody. Now, to, to turn from one, uh, not to
2: say that this is not a serious topic, that it's a very serious topic, uh, but an even more serious topic, Bobby, right before we uh, came on the air, uh, you brought my attention to an op-ed uh, that was written, well, not an op-ed, I guess an open letter that was writ- written and published in the Wall Street Journal by uh, a number of uh American business leaders who also happen to be Asian-Americans. Yes. And yes. What, uh, what exactly was their message there,
1: Bobby? So, so, you know, I like LinkedIn because of the different groups you can join and belong to, whether it's tech, I come from the retail world. So I'm part of various retail groups from logistics, manufacturing, Two executives like uh, Anthony Soho, who's an executive VP for Walmart. You know, we're all part of different groups. And Anthony Mm -hmm. Soho posted the other day an op ed. um, And actually, it it, it linked to the website standwithasianamericans.com. And this was actually an op ed that they posted in the Wall Street Journal titled Enough. We, the Asian American business leaders of America, are tired, angry, and afraid, and not for the first time. We are tired of being treated as less than American, subject to harassment. And now, every day, we read about another member of our community being physically attacked simply for being Asian. We are afraid for the safety of our loved ones. We are angry that our families can no longer go outside in their own neighborhoods, where they have lived for decades, because it is now not safe. We have given a lot to this country, where we were born or to be, uh, which we immigrated. Our community includes our cashiers, our teachers, our cooks, your doctors, your dry cleaners, your colleagues, your neighbors, and your friends. Part of this this op-ed was, you know, the group. It was over a thousand. Um, business leaders that are Asian American currently in the United States and around the world. Um, Very, very, uh, you know, I would say, you know, very uh, to the point, I mean, they're not masking Mm -hmm. anything. They go into detail about, you know, how some of them have lived, how some of them have escaped, um, you know, a lot of the problems. Uh, hear this paragraph we don't deserve to live in fear in our own country uh, the China virus or the Kung flu those mm-hmm. words were an open invitation to hate and the result has been a 150 percent rise over mm-hmm. the past year in reported hate crimes against the Asian community yeah it is it is truly
2: gut-wrenching to to hear What is going on right now, uh, especially in the light of the fact that uh, Asian Americans have been one of the most tormented groups uh, since since, you know, their arrival here, uh, you know, generations ago, and it they have also also as, as so many minorities are forced to do, have suffered in silence. And, you know, dating all the way back to, you know, during the early days of immigration and, you know, you know the signs of, you know, Asians not welcome here, you know, d- terrible other names, derogatory names need not apply uh, to the way that, uh, Japanese Americans were treated during, you know, World War II, uh, very similarly. As we were speaking before, uh, Bobby, about how Muslims were treated shortly after 9 nine eleven, and now, you know, we're seeing these horrific attacks on on Asian, you know, A- Asian people, el- including the elderly, yeah. which is the the most gut wrenching. And let me just say. You know, one thing that I really need to get off my chest because, you know, I I lived in New York City for for over a decade and I have always bragged on how, you know, New Yorkers take care of each other. And, you know, I often tell a story about how I, you know, hurt my, you know, hurt myself one time out in public and I, I just immediately... Uh, People rushed to my help. And then all of a sudden, here's a story coming out of New York City where an elderly Asian woman was attacked in front of an apartment building. And the doorman essentially just stood there and watched it happen, going as far as even to close the door while the attack was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, This happened in in Midtown Manhattan on March 29th. Um, You know, those doormen have since been fired since the video surfaced in the media. But I would I would say that those doormen should face criminal charges as well, because that is it is criminal negligence. You know, if you you cannot sit there and say, well, I don't treat people that way. I don't do that. Well, if you sit there and watch it happen, you are just as culpable as the person who is doing the attack. Themselves, right? And right. it is it is time for us, you know, it is time for us to stand up and say something and do something and not tolerate this kind of just flat out bigotry. You right. know, uh, you know, they're Americans. We're all Americans. Uh, if they're immigrants recently, and and you know, so be it. You know, we were all immigrants at, at one point. Our families were, our ancestors were. Right. Um, and the fact that I, I am sorry, but anybody on the right side of the political spectrum that in in good conscience can sit there and say that Trump and the rights parroting of these terms, like you just mentioned, um, you know. <laughs> It absolutely, it absolutely fueled this because it put a target on the back of anybody who who looks Asian to try to make them a scapegoat. Right. And we just we just have to, as a society, get away from this blame game nonsense, you know, uh, you know, g- good. Uh, good Asian Americans and even good uh, people that live over in China and even in Wuhan, you know, they, they didn't do this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like this is not their fault. It's just where it came from. Yes, it came from there. At least that's where the initial cases were. But the average person on the street didn't have anything to do with it. They've suffered just as much, if not more, than than the rest of us have suffered. So the the idea of blaming a certain uh, portion of society for a pandemic is just so... Ignorant. I don't know what else to call it other than just uneducated ignorance. That it just this whole this whole thing of otherism. Right now, we we we've talked about obviously what's going on down at our southern border. We've talked about what's happening with 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 transgender kids. It's all about other. You know, be afraid of something that is other than you. You don't have to worry about your worries and your problems if you can blame them on somebody that doesn't look like you or love like you or worship like you. And it's just so antithetical to the, the American experience, to the American the, this idea of this being the, the world's greatest uh, democracy because of the fact that we are a melting pot where we all come together to strive for those ideals laid out in our constitution—it's um, it, right. just—it's—it's it's so un-American, and, right. and it's just—it's disgusting.
1: Right? Now, Luke, to that point, I'm going to read this last article again. This is StandWithAsianAmericans.com. We ask for your support in ending violence against Asian Americans. We no longer want to fear, and now these these are all links to to articles of, of what has happened, being stabbed from behind, link, mm. fatally knocked to the ground, link, having acid thrown on our face, link, mm. or gunned down like the mothers and grandmothers in Atlanta, link. We no longer want to see photos of bruised and battered Asian seniors with mm-hmm. GoFundMe links asking for support. It is critical that we also acknowledge that the violence we are experiencing has been the daily reality from our Black, Latinx, Indigenous, and LGBTQ communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, and in, in the and in, in the hits just keep coming. Um I know this has kind of been my, my, my soapbox as of late, but it damn well should be because the assault on transgender youth uh, continues. Uh, you may have seen in the news, the Arkansas uh, legislature actually overrode the veto. Asa Hutchinson, a Republican governor, actually vetoed uh, a trans bill uh, making it illegal for uh, doctors to give any sort of gender affirming treatment to trans youth the Republican legislature uh, overrode his veto and that law was passed uh, in South Dakota Governor Christy Nome passed in a passed a executive order stating that if you want to participate in a girls' sport you must show your birth certificate that shows that you were a girl at birth. Um, you know, the, these, these bills just keep coming and, uh, you know, Megan rap rapinoe, uh, of, uh, us, uh, soccer, uh, fame, uh, penned a beautiful op-ed in which, you know, cause I would think she of all people might know something about women's athletics, right. uh, basically just saying flat out that this is not a problem. Like the, take it from, from us. From, from us who women who have been in athletics since we were children and who have reached the highest levels of the game, you know we're not losing scholarships to trans kids. We're not losing opportunities to trans kids. We're not getting beat on the field of play for, by trans kids. This is just an opportunity for those on the right to once again, make somebody the other, make somebody the, the boogeyman. And, uh, you know, it it is just it is disgusting. We just have to we have to stop the otherism in society, whether it be Asian-Americans, like you said, Latin, Latinx, uh, uh, LGBTQ, um, and of course, our African-American brothers and sisters. So uh, let's let's, you know, get through this pandemic together. And for the love, you know, let, let's start giving each other uh, a little bit more love and support. Uh, and I think uh, that makes uh, today's uh, warm and fuzzy, boom, uh, pretty damn applicable. So from the New York Times opinion writer, Olga Kazan, you can be a different person after the pandemic. Well into adulthood, science has shown that your personality is still more like a sand dune than a stone. When the lockdowns began, Catherine Steffel, a physicist in Madison, Wisconsin, noticed that her daily routine hadn't changed very much. Then in January, her husband suddenly passed away from an aggressive form of cancer. Her husband had always been the more adventurous, outgoing one, and she decided that in his honor, she was going to embrace his zest and zeal for living. With the death of her husband, she decided that she would be changing her life, regardless of her previous behaviors. As, as people have begun to reassess their futures in this, bu- in this brutal year, there's something about the strangeness and the tension of the pandemic that hopefully people will realize is an opportunity for reinvention. Training a trait, requir- or changing a trait, requires acting in ways that embody that trait rather than simply thinking about it you have to be, you have to behave as if you are it and pretty soon pretty soon that you will find out that this is you you can find out that if you just remember that you can be more agreeable to change because we are all unique and we all have a very unique experience through the painful isolation this past year we have revealed the value of friendships and social ties and the need for a zest for life for those who want to renew connections that have atrophied and start to get out and living life more freely, more agreeably, and more open, this is your opportunity to do so. Just remember, your personality truly is more like a sand dune than a piece of stone.
0: You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show. But if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at unfiltered dash with dash Bobby dash and dash Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at bobbyandluke.com. This is Unfiltered signing off.